1: Newcomers, as always, check into my site, cuttingthroughthematrix.com for more detailed talks or blurbs, as I call them, on the histories that led up to where we are today. At least an overall picture of them, some more detailed than, than other, other sites out there. And also, look into the Alan Watt, Sentient Sentinel.eu site, where you can find transcripts for download in the tongues of Europe. And we are, as I say, in a matrix. It's a matrix which has many layers. It's a matrix that most people think is quite normal because they were born into it. It's all they know. And they've been taught since childhood that everything just evolved this way by some strange haphazard circumstance. And nothing is further from the truth. If you keep people in complete ignorance and give them a minimalistic education and keep them occupied... Tremendously occupied with cartoons up through schooling and then music, etc. Make them very, very ignorant indeed. And you can also stop them from using their own critical thinking abilities. That's something which school is very good at doing away with. They don't teach you to think critically about things. They teach you group consensus, how to be a good citizen with the crowd and get along with them and parrot what everyone else parrots that's what a good citizen is in this pavlovian structure this matrix that is not ours but we are definitely living in it we're born into it i want to go into some of the uh, the bigger picture here of how we're being ramroded into this brave new world scenario and people hear little talks on the news and documentaries every single day have for years in fact on technology and where it's going, and where it must go, and how wonderful it's all going to be, and you won't have to lift a finger to turn off a light bulb or turn on a television set. You won't even need a remote uh, little device there to change the television channels. You'll do it all in your head. And it, it's amazing to me, always uh, since I was a child, how people accept these downloads so readily, without question. As though they really do believe that there's a big father figure out there that just works hard and, and uh, comes up with all these little gizmos to make life easier for them. They don't realize that there's not a single invention given to the public that doesn't have an ulterior purpose, whether it's from a washing machine to a dishwasher or anything else. But you remember that the family was the first to get scrubbed in this brave new world, and that's all but been accomplished. Um, people don't know anymore how to even cook or wash dishes. And the simple, I'm talking about male and female, by the way, they think that, that food comes from restaurants or grocery stores, all pre-packaged and, and beautiful and ready for you, nice and clean. If you were to show them where it actually came from, the animal, and you start getting butchered, they wouldn't believe you probably. It's kind of like that Star uh, Trek a gizmo that they used to get their dinners from you punch in what you want and just appears well when he went to this in more detail after the upcoming messages everybody knows that
0: the days are loaded everybody rolls with their fingers crossed everybody knows the war is over everybody knows the good guys lost Everybody knows The fight was fixed The poor stay poor The rich get rich That's how it goes
1: Everybody knows Hi folks Alan Watt back with Cutting Through the Matrix And I was talking about how inventions Are gradually dished out to the public always with pre-thought-out side effects or consequences to them and not by chance because meetings were held in the late 1800s with European leaders to do with what they saw coming up which was eventually, obviously, a global system and a system where they run out of wars. Even discussed alternate methods of wars, wars on different subjects, Well, we've had wars on drugs, wars on poverty. And all these different wars, ongoing wars, you see, because money is thrown into them. And it's disposable money. And so they are substitutes for war, in a sense. And eventually they even knew uh, that, that they'd, when they created the Soviet Union, it would be a precursor of a world system. And it was a big test bed to try all these different methods out, where they taught women in, in school that there was no difference between males and females at all, that the whole idea of being a woman. Simply uh, downloaded into them, if you like, by their parents. It was a learned thing, and there was no real differences whatsoever. And all of this kind of nonsense, and that's now being perpetrated through the schools, and the whole world, through UNESCO, at the United Nations, because that's what its job is. UNESCO is to create a global citizen, this uh, a model for the model state of the world. And all the indoctrinations that they tried in the Soviet system have been taught here for, for years, long before the Berlin Wall supposedly fell down. That was simply merging the two systems together. But they also talked about the inventions they would give society to further uh, decrease the contact between peoples, individuals, and how they could isolate individuals in their own homes, one from another, by technology and What do we have today? We have this computer where people sit and punch keys like like rabbits do or rats do in a laboratory, When they could give you something that could speak to you in the 1960s if they wanted to, because they showed that on the BBC back then, a computer where the person simply talked to it. It sat on a a desktop, by the way, not a great big thing with tapes either, just like a modern one, and they could talk to it in any language, and it would reply and do what it was told. They have to give you this keyboarding stuff first to rewire your brain. So nothing is there by chance. And they have successfully isolated lots of people from other people. Even did that in the bars in Britain where, that where people met and exchanged social ideas. That was the place where the community met and talked and discussed everything. They brought in television sets and music until you couldn't hear anyone talk anymore. Yet to shout to be heard. And that was all discussed at the big board meetings with the, the various publican houses, the big, big chains of national, national chains of brewers and so on. They discussed that, how they could stop people from actually communicating to each other. It's all been successfully done. But to the average Joe who lives through it, they think it all happens by chance. And that's the big mistake they make. Now, I think we have Jeff in Indiana, an early caller, on the line here. Hello, Jeff. Are you there? Hello?
2: Hey, Alan. How are you doing tonight? Not so bad. Good. I just wanted to thank you for the work that you do. Uh, The reason I'm calling tonight is I just had a question about uh, the Maitreya, I believe they pronounce it. It's set up through uh, Alice Bailey and Benjamin Crane to the UN. Uh. And what his upcoming role will be. Oh no, they, I don't think they, at well, all. Never uh, it's, heard it's, about this that. This
1: character is so old; he has got no. Uh, I think he'll he'll kick the bucket before anything happens. <laughs> but the the Maitreya you see from Hinduism simply means uh-huh. a master, and anyone and and everyone if they wanted to could be a Maitreya. So there's nothing okay. special about this character whatsoever. Yeah, they haven't pumped up through UNICEF, I believe. they're saying oh, he's they yeah. the coming,
2: you know, ruler of all religions. Yeah, and I had never heard anybody else talk about him before, so I thought I'd give you a call and we'll
1: see what your opinion on that was. Yeah, yeah, it's rubbish. I mean, as I say, every person can be a Maitreya uh, that seeks truth, as they say, uh, and it's not confined to one person. You can have a thousand on the go at the same time, because uh-huh. it's right from Hinduism. Yeah. Okay. So don't well, worry about for, it. <laughs> uh,
2: okay, well, I thought maybe this was the guy that they had planned on propping up and, well, and us these
1: that... false flags all the time, and, and it gets everybody excited, and and talking about it, but they're all diversions. Um, Eventually they probably will give us a a single religious leader along with the the economics leader and so on in the brave new world that we're coming into. Uh Uh, We know that Gorbachev talked about uh, uh, creating a new religion based on earth worship, which they'll teach the children, and that was in his book, Towards a New Civilization. Mm -hmm. And there he is down at the Presidio with his... Is a uh, Knights of Lazarus green cross outside his window, uh-huh. uh, fluttering quite happily. So, but no, the Maitreya, the Maitreya stuff is out the window. Um, they make a lot of money off it. Of these characters, yeah, I'm sure. But there's nothing to worry about, no. Okay. Well, thanks for your time, Alan, and keep up the good work. We all appreciate it, I'm sure. Okay. Thanks for calling. Thank you. So, yeah, we, we have a, a system, which I say we were, we're in this brave new world. Technology is dished out with ulterior purposes. Uh, meetings are going on all the time, every single day at the United Nations. They have departments on things you'd never imagine. They departments on all working steadily towards this Pavlovian trained, uh, humanistic, brave new world where you'll be, you're trained like an animal, really. We're looked upon as animals. And if you read Charles Galton Darwin's book, The Next Million Years, his main concern, talking on behalf of the elites, and now Charles Galton-Darman went to all these global meetings. He was a physicist himself in Britain in the, in the 1950s, and he said our main problem is the worry that with the lessening of wars and disease and famine and plague, he said the, the lessers, the commoners, will greet too much and outnumber eradicate, and eradicate uh, we, the natural intelligentsia. Uh, that's what he claimed. And he said we have to bring back other means of killing them off, uh, other forms of plague. He was backed up by Lord Bertrand Russell on this very topic and other members of the elite. It's never changed. And we've got to realize that the United Nations, they do have a Department of Population Control. Now, <laughs> I often wonder, people hear these same terms as I do, but they don't question them. What do you think population control means? Huh? What do you think it means? And somehow that you're going to escape but it does not mean you. No, it means you as well. And these characters obviously can't come out and ask for volunteers to be sterilized, and so they've been at it for a long time by giving you inoculations. And just check the United Nations' own statistics that they give you every year to do with the sperm count in the, the males of the Western world, and it's been plummeting like a stone since 1950s, ever since the polio vaccine was first given out. And they even claimed themselves, with two or three years ago, that the Western male uh, was down by 75% sperm count than the man of 1950 or pre-1950 so we're three quarters we're almost all the way sterile and there's no hullabaloo about it which is your big clue that this is planned you see it's planned that way and in americas and other countries in europe one of the fastest growing industries happens to be in fertility clinics because everyone's becoming sterile now that doesn't happen by nature all of a sudden nothing happens in nature all of a sudden there's still yet to prove evolution is supposed to take millions of years and yet within a generation suddenly we're all plummeting into sterility that's because it's planned that way and it's also to do with the food you eat as well because they've been putting the xenoestrogens in the food since the 1950s and you can hardly buy anything even even in canada here even your milk generally comes in plastic bags, sealed inside these plastic bags. So you're getting xenoestrogen and everything that you pick up, even your, your pop bottles and so on. That's not by chance. And the statistics, again, have come out from all the different scientific uh, systems and uh, areas backing up this fact that these soft plastics have xenoestrogen in them. There's no debate about it, so why are they still doing it? And that's up to you to figure that one out. Now, I'd like to go on to the tightening of the security in this brave new world system, this dictatorial system, where democracy has been thrown out the window because it was a bad idea, according to the elite. Winston Churchill said that himself in the 1920s. And you can read about that in a book. It's called The Whispering Gallery, written by a top bureaucrat at the Home Office in Britain. They had to come up with a counter system so they maintain their rule, but give this straw man to the public, this thing called democracy, make the public think they had rights, pretend to help them, like health services where they inject you with all these poisons, and watch them die off slowly, while you still maintain your grip on everything, and head towards this scientifically controlled society, society that Huxley talked about. Well security we're under now is getting intense. We find that the police are tasering people and killing them, like the guy who got killed in Vancouver Airport yesterday uh, supposedly came off a flight they think, maybe from Poland, they think because everything's coming through the police they won't tell you anything until it's been all tidied up you see, and then given to the public via their PR department. It says a man in his early 40s died early Sunday morning after RCMP jolted him with a taser at the Vancouver International Airport, he said. Airport security called the Mounties for assistance after an unidentified man began pounding on windows and throwing chairs and computer equipment in the customs area shortly after arriving on an international flight at 1.30 a.m. Richmond RCMP, Sergeant Pierre Lemaitre, I don't know if these guys are real or not with names like that, told CBC News we arrived and tried to calm, calm the man, Lemaitre said.
0: Everybody knows that the dice are loaded. Everybody rolls with their fingers crossed. Everybody knows the war is over. Everybody knows the good guys lost. Everybody knows the fight was fixed. The poor stay poor. The rich
1: get rich, That's how it goes. Everybody knows. Hey folks, Alan walk back with cutting through the matrix and just going through the CBC report on the RCMP who killed a guy with a taser at the Vancouver International Airport yesterday morning. And this is what the police have said so far. He arrived and tried to calm the man. Lemaitre said, We tried through gestures to get him to put his hands down on the desk to no avail. When he ignored orders to calm down, please used a stun gun on the man. Now, there's quite a thing, you know. One day, these two rush people like that who are unarmed and bring them down. So now this guy would put his hands on a table and so they it taser them. It says, When he ignored orders to calm down, please use a stun gun on the man. The man dropped to his knees. He said it took three officers to handcuff him. He then lost consciousness and appeared to go into cardiac arrest. He was pronounced dead at the airport. The CBC's Chris Brown reported. A few other details have been disclosed other than the man spoke an Eastern European language. and A flight from Poland touched down about an hour before the incident, Brown said. Then he goes into the usual stuff to, to waylay your, your thoughts into a different direction. These are devices are controversial because of the dozen North American deaths resulting from their use. I'm sure it's much more. There's been debate about how safe these devices are when dealing with certain kinds of people who are delirious or wound up Brown's. Why else would you use it on them if they're wound up? Eh? Police are investigating, and a toxicology report will be done to determine whether the man was on drugs, etc. was a try to find anything at all to save their gluteus maximus because they must do that at all costs. They'll find something, even dirty fingernails. Something must be done because they've killed a guy. And then they'll give the cops that did it special psychological counseling and time off so they can learn to live with having killed someone on the line of duty because the man wouldn't calm down. Well, that's the kind of world we're into today where the sadomasochists are on a roll. And you find, too, that people now are being turned away trying to get into Canada from the U.S. side, because the, the security of Canada and the States is totally intertwined now It's one system. And that was reported here in Canada shortly after the 9-11 incident that all intelligence, security, uh, etc., were being totally integrated. They've done it, and the Canadian Customs now has access to the FBI uh, lists, which makes you think about sovereignty altogether. Why are they giving that to the Canadian customs? Is that the right thing to do? Or what? doesn't matter, they've done it anyway. There's no such thing as a democracy, as I say. It's been done. And uh, last week or so, two leaders of various um, peace organizations were turned away at the border and told they had to get criminal rehabilitation forms signed. If they came back without them, they'd be arrested. Well, other people have called me since then who've tried to come into Canada and someone just had a speeding ticket and been charged with hazardous driving a long time ago, paid their fines and all the rest of it, but they're still down as a criminal and couldn't get into Canada, also told that if they didn't get these forms filled out with their criminal rehabilitation, uh, then they'll be arrested if they try to come back into Canada. It looks to me like the U.S. citizens are being locked down within their own borders to be honest with you and I think this big exercise coming up uh, today, in fact starting today for the next four days is all part of this what they'll do when they eventually release some kind of plague, or at least tell us they've released it, they don't have to really do it the public will panic with enough television scenarios if you could believe anything they did that with the mad cow disease in Britain, they kept showing you the same cow staggering over the over this uh, barn, or, or over the floor of this uh, the f- uh, farmyard, uh, over and over. Never showed you any other cow, just the same old cow, and that's all it took to wipe out the whole meat industry of Britain. Now, I think we've got Rick in California on the line. Are you there, Rick? Hello, Rick? Rick? No. I guess not. But as I say, seeing is believing. Uh, Alan? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Yeah. Oh,
2: hi. This is Rick. How are you? Good, good. Um, I wanted to to bring bring uh pe- to the attention of people, um, some things I discovered that have to do with this top off four vigilant shield thing. Yeah. Um, it was brought to my attention through Alex Anthry's radio program Outside the Box. This woman guest came on and said that there was a paper, out of Harvard, um, it's similar to the Project for a New American Century, and it talks about a nuclear blast on American soil. For- that would be blamed on terrorists, and that, and that it, it was um, in and that, and that uh, it had a map of Washington D.C. and a map of Portland, the very same exact bridge where this top off force being conducted. Mm-hmm. And um, so I went and downloaded the paper from Harvard, and um, the three characters who wrote it. One of them's name is Ashton B. Carter. He's in the uh, Pro- Council on Foreign Relations, and he mm-hmm. he was a Rhodes Scholar, and he went to Yale. Yeah. So, so apparently this is pretty important, and and he, the paper was drafted on April 19th, uh, 2007. Yeah. yeah. Um. And so I wanted to bring that to your attention. I could I could send you, a link to the report if you'd like. Would you?
1: Sure. Yeah. Send it. Send it to me. I'll, I'll look into that. I have I have two questions to ask about. Uh, I want to talk after the messages. Just hang okay. on the line right now. Okay. And we're back after the following. Okay. Messages.
0: listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network, because you can handle the truth. Everybody knows that the days are loaded. Everybody rolls with their fingers crossed. Everybody.
1: Two questions.
2: Oh yeah, um, the first question was um, it, this paper was drafted on April 19th um, this year, and that seems to be a recurring theme with with um, you know the Waco and the, and the Oklahoma City Federal Building. And, and the second question is is um, you know I knew that nothing would happen today because today's Monday, but but what is it about Tuesdays like stock market crashes, 9/11s, and st- why do bad things happen on Tuesdays?
1: Tuesdays is Tor's day. Tor is a god. Tor with a hammer. Lightning bolts and so on. Uh, so it's Taurus Day, that's the hammer coming down. Oh. Hi, just to the days of the week. Tuesday or Tuesday is actually the God of Wars Day, and so that's when you have the, your bear market where they tear things apart, the stock exchange. On Thursday, they hammer you and, and terrify you that you're going to have a stock market collapse, and they generally leave you over the weekend. With that, and then it's all right by Monday. Just to clarify what that means, you, you get hammered on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> what is it with April 19th? April 19th. If you go further back, you'll find uh, uh, that was a date used down through history for famous movements, battles, and so on. It's just pretty traditional with them. But it's also, see, the cult have their own particular calendar. We forget that our calendar has been changed many times down through centuries, sometimes by popes, sometimes by governments. And even when they created the U.S., they wanted to bring in a new type of calendar altogether, Uh, some of them even with 10 days in, in a week, going back to the days of Sumer because that's what they initially had before they changed it. So these characters have tremendous data of history, collections of archives of history, and sometimes they'll bring them back out. But in March, their year officially starts in March, and so march is, is when you begin. That's where all armies march with the left foot. And you'll mm. see every statue in Egypt always with the foot, left foot forward. That's how all armies start their march. And, um, and April again is when they're getting into the swing of things. It's also when certain constellations like Orion tends to go down. Orion's coming up now and helps to dominate the sky. He's the hunter, which they go after, followed by his two hounds. And, uh, of course, they're always on about Sirius, which is one of the eyes of the dogs that follows them. So it's all occultic language, nothing to do with aliens or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, all this lots of money in that little field. But uh, nothing to do with aliens, it's to do with the occult language and time. These guys are the masters of time. They're the time lords of Doctor Who, you might say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well,
2: thank you very much, Alan. I'll send that to you, um, that report. I'll, I'll okay. I'll send you a
1: link. Sure enough, thanks, Colin. All right, you're welcome. And yeah, these uh, scenarios—I'm not surprised. Someone who was an, a Rhodes Scholar and a member of the CFR put out these uh, talks on possible catastrophes and nuclear detonations, etc., and plagues, because that's what they did for World War II. As Professor Carl Quigley said when he was a historian for the Council on Foreign Relations, he said the Royal Institute, the same group in Britain, like, met on a table and dreamed up ways to terrify the public so as they would demand war, or at least back uh, the politicians with war. And, uh, and they told them they were all going to get gas by Hitler who had millions of gallons of this stuff to spray all over Britain. And they gave everyone in Britain a gas mask, even for the babies, just to terrify everyone. So that we had to do something. And it's the same thing here. You, uh, this is a tremendous money-making thing as well. All wars are profitable, and even the quiet or cold wars are very profitable for these characters. I read recently that even Tom Ridge, who had something to do with the Homeland Security, who's now left as the head of one of the private security companies, and he's getting billions of dollars given to him in grants, uh, as they all are, in fact, and filling their pockets under the guise of terrorism. It's the only thing that is a a boondock thing, It's, it's a boom industry. It's going great guns for these characters with all the technology that's dished out, all the money that's dished out, all the camera uh, equipment that's going up. And remember, Britain started this because Britain was putting up the cameras big time in the early 80s right on down to the present time. London, I think, is the the most watched place in the world. You can't walk 20 feet without a camera picking you up. And they also have special little boom mics that will pick up your voice, in a doorway talking to someone in a store doorway a uh, 100 yards away. That's how safe and secure we are today. We have no privacy whatsoever. So George Orwell's brave new uh, um, 1984 is actually here. It's actually here and he foresaw it coming because he was in on some of the planning with some of the people. He was the darling of the socialist movement. He was picked at Cambridge University the right qualifications the right genealogy his father was a lifelong bureaucrat and actually the high commissioner of burma for the british opium corporation owned by the british crown so he was a a a in for a a high position he knew what was coming down and he tried to warn the public and all the socialists of his day uh, shunned him after that because he was exposing the agenda the only problem being it was so far-fetched at the time most folk couldn't believe him that that could ever happen in Britain, and it's happened. It has happened since then. The only reason the, the book was called 1984 was because his publisher changed the name from The Last Man, and it was written in 1948 or published, and he simply reversed the, the numbers to the eighty four but it stands up for today. And even Aldo Huxley, who was always putting down Orwell to an extent because he had a tremendous ego, and Albert Huxley that is, uh, did admit that just prior to the brave new world scenario where they remake human beings for specific purposes, they would also go through the Orwellian period first, and that's what we're going through now, is the brutal part of the system, the totalitarian part of the system, and the information collection, etc., all the data banks. Now we're under what they call total information network. And the average person better think hard what they mean by total information network. Because yes, it means you as well. You're part of the total, you see. And they want to know everything about you. They have data collected on every individual in the Americas, at least in the North Americas. And they have data going back to your school records, psychological problems, arguments with the teachers, uh, reports to the headmasters, and all the rest of it. They have total information on you because they want to know what makes you tick individually. They want to know your weak points, your Achilles heels, because one day they might have to question you and they'll have to use that against you. They want total information because predictability is what makes them feel safe at the top Anyone who is not predictable is a threat. Now, for those who are, like myself, rather unpredictable, you have to sort of learn when to speak and when not to speak, depending on who you're speaking to. Because we're dealing with a a brutal system right now that's become much more brutalized as this rolls forward. They've raised a generation of men, mainly, uh, who haven't seen their mother or father. They don't know who their father is, half of them. And uh, these characters were brought up on video games with a minimalistic education and they were taught that power is, is the only thing that matters. The right of might. And many, many years ago, long before this, even during the Vietnam War when the, the, the Pentagon was worried about the, the condition of the average American male who didn't want to go to war They said, oh, they're becoming sissified. How can we change that? And they went through all the different techniques to change that type of scenario. And they've actually accomplished most of their goals. They studied a lot of the the, the gangs in the cities. They found that the young men generally were from single-parent families, didn't have a man in their life. And so the natural leader was the town gang leader. And little Johnny admired the gang leader and that's who he looked up to, and the gang became his new family. Well, that's what the military is, that's what the police force is, that's what all these special agencies happen to be, and they make these characters feel that they belong now. They're special. They have a new family, the new fraternity of police or military or whatever it's called, and that was all done deliberately for this particular time in history, because they would, they want people who are estranged from the general population. People who can go in there and act as one, bash you on the head, taser you, or use whatever weaponry they're given to use on you. Uh, It's not a matter of terrifying the people by saying the truth. This has been happening in Europe for years. I have watched as uh, teenagers were were being bashed around with massive truncheons and new high-tech equipment in Europe when they were protesting the various amalgamations of Europe. Now, these are you think about that, here's governments paying these armies to go in with shields and all of the ninja gear that they wear, all the protective stuff, to bash your own children over the head and break their bones and so on. What kind of society is this? You would take it so canly, we think, oh, they're just crazy people. They're not crazy people, they're, they're just youngsters members of the general population who have more insight generally in what's happening than their parents because they're at university or college and they're protesting what they see coming down the pike and your own governments have literally got internal armies trained to break their bonds and taser them and use water cannons on them. This happened in every country across Europe over the last almost 20 years and it's been kept from the American people. Now it's coming here incrementally and it will be unleashed here in all its fury and you'll wonder what happened and how did it happen how did you allow it to happen that's what you'll ask yourself well you're too busy playing games watching soaps movies and having fun that's why it happened and having all that access to all the cheap chinese junk that they're throwing at you and they give you easy credit and plastic cards that's how it all happened syntonic behavior, so much so that you didn't notice what was happening around you. You know, history teaches you one thing, that anything can be made to be possible, anything whatsoever. The most advanced countries in the world in the past often started wars. Germany was a leader of the so-called civilized world up into to World War I and even into World War II. They were the most advanced scientifically, and they had the better education as far as sciences went for their children. We saw what happened there when a small clique got in and used sciences, psychological sciences, the sciences of tribal creation on the whole populations. We saw what happened there, and don't believe for a minute that it cannot be happen here. It is happening here. What they decided the League of Nations in 1919 on behalf of the elite remember there was no ordinary person employed by the League of Nations there was all elite and elite offspring who became the bureaucrats at that time and the leaders they decided that all wars were the fault of the common people yep the common people the followers the ones who are told to go to war or else get locked up in jail that's what they came that's the conclusion they came to And once again, the psychopath will always project their feelings on their victim. In other words, they project what they have themselves, their own guilt, onto others, because a psychopath never takes responsibility, uh, and they certainly never take guilt for their own actions. They must project it onto others. And so these big, big leaders, the big uh, foundations, the big wealthy families, blame the common people of Europe for the wars. And that's Going on today. That's why Charles Galton Darwin was talking about the commoners reading too much. They, they blamed the same commoners, the, the Daltons and the, the Darwins and all the rest of them. They blamed them. So sort of the Rockefeller boys, too, by the way, who created IG Farben, they blamed the common people for the wars. The financiers of wars blamed the ordinary people. So they'd have to reduce the ordinary people for peace and safety. That's where it all came from. And for those who want to read more on this, they should go into all the books written in 1944, 1945, and 46, coming out praising a global world system, mainly from New York, published from New York, which is also the center for communism, by the way, where communist publications were put out in English from New York than any other place in the world. And they were pushing for a global governmental system, and also... The, this socialized system. Most people hear the word social, they think that's a good term. Social is nice. It's nice to be social. The socialism is a different thing. It's a doctrine. That's what ism means when it's tacked onto a word, the doctrine of the social. And it's really under the guise of helping you, it's there to manage you. Manage everything. Manage your population. Manage how many children you have or won't have. Managing where you'll live what you'll work at, and so on. The Soviets were the first one to try off this. They brought out school to work. They trained you for an engineer. They only train you in the actual subjects You would need to be an engineer. If you wouldn't be trained to be a a, a sweep the streets, you would get taught uh, the very basics, where wood came from and stuff like that. Well, that's what school to work is today, and it's been pushed worldwide. We have it here, and it's pushed by UNESCO. UNESCO is there to create the global citizen of the future. Now the word citizen itself is important because remember, citizen means someone who's born in, there used to be a city, someone who's born into a system, a governmental system with pre-existing duties to that system. Now you cannot be born free when you're born into a system with pre-existing duties to the system. It's either one or the other. And that's what some of the founding fathers of the USA actually talks about. It's all been forgotten today. Same with a debt. If you're born into a debt system, a debt incurred by previous generations, you're in fact a slave. And you find Thomas Jefferson said that every generation should have the right to cancel its debt, just write it off and start anew because they had to be free. Otherwise they would be complete slaves and so would the offspring for many generations to come. It's called compound interest, by the way, and that's what we've been under. Britain declared only two years ago they'd just finished paying the debt off for World War I. Now, I don't know whether that's true or not, I have no idea, but it came from the BBC. I personally find it hard to, find, to believe they even paid it off because when you realize that with compound interest, designed so that you can never pay it off. That's the whole idea of it to keep you in debt forever. And if you go into that old Masonic rule book, the Old Testament, it tells you there that anyone born to a borrower is therefore the lender slave as well. This still goes today. How can you be free, born into a system with pre-existing duties, not only to the state to do what they want you to do, like be a soldier, but also to pay off previous generations' debts. It's terrible. This is a, a slavery system, but it's all under the guise of socialism. We're here to help you, they say. I'll be back after the following messages. with cutting through the matrix and just talking about some of the things that are coming down the pike. Actually, they're steamrolling ahead. And for those who think it's just developing, as I say, piecemeal, they're, as they used to say, up a gum tree because, no, it's all planned this way. You're in a totalitarian system. And believe you me, these guys at the top who shun democracy, they don't believe in democracy whatsoever, they give you a bit of a show of it but they don't not believe in it whatsoever they are elitist and, and they are totalitarian and they're starting to show their teeth now as we go down into this merger this merger that mimics the european union something else that was done primarily in secret people don't realize that the european union started up officially but quietly in 1948 they set up the office in britain the amalgamation in France and a few other countries, and they were told to keep it quiet from the general public. It was to be done in secret. The public were to be lied to. It was only about three years ago. Uh, and remember, it's all after the fact. But three years ago, uh, they gave any documentation to the public for the first time, and written right in there it was said that the public must never be told the truth, that every country would have to give up its national sovereignty. The U.S. amalgamation, the Canadian amalgamation, is based on the same, exact same principle run by the same people, by the same organizations. And it's going to get a lot worse than it is at the moment because in Europe, they had to use welfare big time for the young. There was no work for almost 20 odd years leading up to it. And we're we're finding out in the Americas, the only income they have now is in a war footing. It's a military-industrial complex, really, and the fact that they have a war economy on the go that's keeping it afloat because all the infrastructure, the manufacturing, has left the country. It was, actually, it was forced out of the country through treaties like GATT, where the taxpayers paid to uplift whole factories and put them over to China. We realise that every taxpayer paid to have their factories moved over and any losses incurred for the first five to seven years after they set up were to be paid again by the taxpayer that's the kind of democracy we live live in is with the redistribution of wealth as they called it in the communist manifesto They just didn't add on to it that it wasn't going to people within those nations it was going to the select few families as always that's what they meant by the redistribution of wealth. So Joe Public, as I say, who's been playing himself for years, is in for a rude awakening. A tremendously rude awakening as all the authorities are come together and start interfering with your personal lives. It's happening and it's speeding up on a on a ever increasing basis. And more and more people now are noticing the interference within their own lives from various governmental organizations and departments it's up, you can only speak now shortly, it'll be too late to say anything whatsoever from Hamish, myself Ontario, Canada, it's good night and may your God, all your gods go with you